and as you begin to challenge yourself you'll discover some things about yourself that you don't know right now make your move before you're ready we're in, instructed in in life to walk by faith and not by sight see you want to really begin to stretch yourself you want to become a risk taker you want to raise the bar on yourself most people won't do that see most people engage in low life living low risk living this god said if you're not willing to risk you cannot grow and if you cannot grow you cannot become your best and if you cannot become your best you can't be happy and if you can't be happy, then what else is there? I just said I refuse to be a victim to these circumstances. So a victim consciousness is when we allow something in our outer environment to control the way we feel and think. Something in my outer environment, some person or some condition is controlling the way I think and feel. Now that's not the truth. That's just a response, right? So anything that controls our thoughts and feelings well, causes us to be victim to those things. And the stronger the emotion we feel to some circumstance in our life, the more we pay attention to it. And where we place our attention is where we place our energy. So we're giving our life force, we're giving our power away to that circumstance. Imagination is not only the uniquely human capacity to envision that which is not, therefore the fount of all invention and innovation. In its arguably most transformative and revelatory capacity, it is the power that enables us to empathize with humans whose experiences we have never shared. We have a vision. And what a vision is, is the ability to see that which cannot be seen. That's why we call it vision. It literally lives in my, our imagination. It is the equivalent of an iceberg. That's what vision is. It's being able to see that which no one else can see because it lies beneath. Because that's what it means to wake up every single day to advance a cause. It means that we devote our lives to building what, which, that which has not been built, to advancing what has not been advanced, to showing that which is not seen, and not obsessing with the excesses, the successes we've had and how much iceberg is above the ocean, but how much more work we have to do. And it all started with a tiny little bit of ice sticking above the ocean. Treat yourself like you're someone that you care about. You make the world a much, much worse place if you don't take care of yourself. So you should bloody well take care of yourself, you know, because it's partly because you have something valuable to bring into the world. That's the thing about being an individual. It's the thing that, that as an individual, you have a light that you have to bring into the world. And then if you don't bring it into the world, the world is a dimmer place. And that's a bad thing because when the world is a dim place, it can get very, very, very dark. Deep and lasting fulfillment. 
the thing that as a human makes us feel good, the thing that we're all secret deep down, no matter what you tell people you're chasing, the thing you're actually chasing is fulfillment. You want to feel good about who you are. You want to feel good about your contributions. You want to feel good about meaning and purpose in your life. So those are the things ultimately that people are chasing. They think that money is going to give that to them. If you want to always be moving towards your goal, you want to be optimized, you got to learn to get control of your emotions, understand to tell yourself a narrative that isn't predicated on necessarily identifying what is objectively true. It's identifying what's going to work to get me to my goal. Imagination has no fences to it, has no boundaries. It, it's more than what other people maybe see for your life. I think imagination is the cousin to creativity. And I think people that allow their imagination to go beyond what is expected begin to find out very quickly that they begin to see things, experience things that they never would have before. Imagination feeds off of the fact that there's always an answer that there's always a better way. That's usually there are more than one answer. So imagination feeds that creative mind, which allows you to see, do, feel, think, experience things that you would never do at any other time. Imagination has the ability to take you from the world that you live in to the world that you could live in. All the crazy things that you can think about, when you imagine, don't put a limit. Be as wild as you can be in creating the image of the world that you want to create without any hesitation, without any limitation. Be as wild as it can be in your imagination. As if you are writing a social fiction. We write science fiction all the time. But unfortunately, we don't write social fictions. Fictions are the driving force. Like in science, in technology, science fiction becomes a driving force. It makes things happen. Similarly, if you have done the social fiction, it will make it happen. And one of the best things you could possibly be is an inspirational example. So that's not nothing. That's something. Live properly in your defiance of the crowd, right? Make your own course. Allow yourself to be guided by your own genuine principles. Isn't it fantastic that if there's no purpose, you have nothing to fulfill, you can just live? No, but you want a purpose and not a simple purpose, you want a God-given purpose. It's very dangerous. They may overlap on some issues and we may feel that we are one with each other. But my mind is my mind, your mind is your mind, isn't it? But there is no such thing as my life and your life. This is a living cosmos. You captured a little bit, I captured a little bit. That's about it. But now we think this is my life and that is your life, there is no such thing. This is a living cosmos, you've blown a small bubble, somebody might have blown a little bigger bubble. If you capture more life, then you will see you have more grace. The depth 
dimension and scope of your life is determined by how much life you capture within you. It doesn't matter what kind of body you have, what kind of intelligence you have, if you have not captured substantial life within you, you will live a small life, that's how it is. Not you as a person, that's not important. But you as a piece of life, it's very important. Because that is the basis of everything. When I say that is the basis of everything, the universe exists for you only because you are, isn't it? The world exists for you only because you are, otherwise it won't exist in your experience. So, in every way this is important. So what is the purpose for this? See, if you had a purpose and if you fulfilled it, after that what would you do? It is just that life is so intricate and so phenomenally intricate that if you spend a ten thousand years looking at it carefully, you still will not know it entirely. Just loosen up your life a little bit, laugh a little more, involve yourself with people around you, do things that you think is not so important. Don't do things which are very important. Do simple things. Very important you will do simple things. Very important things you're doing in your life, you will become dead serious. Burton Russell said, if you're beginning to think that what you're doing is very important, you need to take a holiday. Holiday is every day in those twenty-four hours you must take a holiday from your seriousness. Seriousness has come essentially because of your self-importance. You hold yourself as an important person. I want you to see you are like a speck of dust in this existence. Tomorrow morning if you disappear, nothing will happen in this world. Everything will happen wonderfully well even if you're not there. Every human being should be aware of this every moment of his life. It does not matter what the whole world says about you. It does not matter how significant a work you're doing. You must understand that tomorrow morning the world will go on fine without you. Create fear, you have to use excessive imagination. Do not be in fear, you don't have to do anything. Fear is happening because of excessive imagination, things that have not happened, you're creating. What may happen in your mind happens in thousand different formats. You cannot fight or you cannot overcome that which does not exist. We can overcome something that exists. You cannot overcome that which does not exist. You just have to give up that effort. Enjoy the fear. Start using your mind differently, it's just gotten into your pattern. Just gotten into a pattern of just creating horror movies all the time. You have watched enough horror movies, they're boring. Create something else. Even it's not that if you produce these movies, those things will happen in your life. Still they may not happen, at least you enjoy the movie. In reality it may not happen, so what? At least you enjoy what's happening in your mind, if you cannot enjoy what's happening in the world, isn't it? That much privilege every human being deserves, isn't it so?
even if the world is not kind to him, at least his own mind should be kind to him, should produce some nice movies. Do not even think of success, just enhance your capabilities, strive to enhance who you are. Then what you can do, you'll anyway do, isn't it? Right now, you have an idea of success, but you don't have the competence for that. You want to go somewhere, but you don't have the legs to get there. Now naturally there will be fear, naturally there will be all kinds of unnecessary struggles and emotions. Instead of that, at this stage in your life, if you just focus on seeing how to enhance this human being to the highest possible level that you can, success will be a downhill run, not an uphill task. So, if you are going downhill, there's no fear, isn't it? Because whether I can get there or not, whether I can get there or not, you are working towards somebody else's idea of success. You are working towards somebody else's idea of success. That is not success. Your success is you as a human being, you found your full potential, this is your success. in life, you make them for yourself. We are all being tested in life. While my test is different than yours, you will be tested. And how you face that test and how you overcome that test determines the rest of your life. The one mentality that you must have in life is that regardless of what's in front of you, you still must grind. I'll never be in the Olympics, I'll never be a professional athlete, but still I grind. I fail at most things I do, but still I grind. I don't want to do half I do, but still I grind. Stop, you're not, you're not where you think you are. Your map isn't producing the desired outcome, it's wrong. What should you do? You don't know, stop. Because if you don't know where to go, there's no point going anywhere. And then what? Prepare, that's anxiety. Stop, prepare. Well, people hate that because, well, for obvious reasons. Prepare. For what? Everything. Yeah. Very, very demanding. And, and that's also something that's really worth knowing. It's like anxiety isn't just a psychological state that's unpleasant. It's like you're revved up and you're burning resources like mad. So not knowing what to do, that is not good. And it isn't just that it makes you feel bad. It's you're running your machinery faster than you can replenish it. See, I believe the most powerful force in the world is to be consistent with the thoughts, ideas, concepts, and beliefs you hold to be true about yourself. That is what identity is. Identity is the governor on every single area of your life. It literally sets the temperature for all of the conditions of your life. It says we know what we are, but not what we may be. As you look into the future, while the people are giving up, feeling like victims, feeling powerless, becoming negative, turning on each other rather than to each other, feeling that they can't make it, be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind with the mindset of that it's possible.
there's a time and a season for everything, a time to tear, a time to mend, a time to be silent, a time to speak, a time to laugh, and a time that you'll mourn. So there's just seasons in life. Most people, they move so fast through life that as you've heard it said, they are human doings mm -hmm. rather than human beings. I, I think that when you stop and you look within and you just listen, the real you starts to speak to you because your dream and your identity has a voice. Inside of me, in that quiet, I did what I just said. I was stopping, I was looking within, and I was, I was, I was listening. And there would be a time that I would unfold. Everything, every bad thing that has ever happened to you is your fault. All I'm trying to do is remind you that you were never, ever, ever, ever a victim unless you choose to be everything in your life will change. You're always in control, even if that's a lie. And I don't care if it is, because the second I give away my power to somebody else, I'm now at something else's mercy. And there is some line that I can't cross, that I'm no longer in control, and I refuse to do that. Um, if I could give anybody a gift, it would be that, for you to own that completely top to bottom and to know that every good thing that's ever happened in your life, no matter how much it seemed like luck or coincidence, that was you. You earned that. You put yourself in that position. And as you move forward, life is one of two things, the result you wanted or the result you didn't want. If you don't get the result you want, you are by definition doing the wrong thing and you must change. If you get the result that you want, then you did the right thing. Simple as no gray, nothing in between. That's it. It's all your fault. And that's the best news possible. Once you have this kind of thing, you are going to be disastrous to the planet. It's just a question of time. The moment you decide, this is a good person, this is a bad person. No, there are no good people and bad people. Everybody is oscillating between the two. If you create a very pleasant, wonderful atmosphere, everybody behaves wonderfully. If you create an unpleasant atmosphere, a whole lot of people act nasty. Yes or no? There are joyful people and miserable people, but there are no good people and bad people. So there's just seasons in life. So as long as I know there's a winter, mm. there's a spring, there's a summer, there's a fall. But there's lessons to learn in the winter. There's lessons to learn in that pain. So I need, I need to have that pain because that pain, when I am in that winter season, okay, I can use that pain as a library. Pain has, be, has been my library. Willing means this, I'm just willing. I'm a hundred percent yes to life. I'm not yes to this one, no to this one, no. I'm just yes and yes to life. If you are a hundred percent yes to life, you're a volunteer. You have become so willing that you have no will of your own. It doesn't matter how they are, that's their choice. But how I am is my choice.
no matter what they do, I'm like this. Because I have not given that freedom to anybody, these privileges I kept to myself. Let's say you're miserable and unhappy. Okay, here's a cure. Find what's valuable and let it go. And you're suffering terribly because of it. Well, what do you do? Maybe you let it go. It's a sacrifice. And the idea is that, well, that'll clear the future for you. Well, very frequently when people are suffering terribly, not always, because sometimes you just suffer stupidly, blindly, and without recourse. But sometimes the reason that you're suffering is because you just won't let go of the thing that's biting you. That's not such a good idea. The funny thing too, often when people let something like that go, it goes away, sorts itself out, and then comes back. So they don't even end up losing it. But unless they're willing to let it go, to sacrifice it, they make no headway whatsoever. And so one of the rules is, if people are impeding your development, you sacrifice your relationship with them. At moments where I'm bone tired, I have that clarity. And when you have the clarity and you know where you're trying to go, then it becomes clear about what you have to train at. What are the things you have to train into yourself? But the only way to do that is to have a self-esteem that's built entirely around being the learner. Why? Because you get the shot to the head, the nugget of gold at your feet. It says, you suck at this. That hurts, man. That's hard to own. It's hard to face. And there's a thousand voices in your mind telling you all the reasons why it's somebody else's fault and it's not your fault. But the reality is, the moment you do that, you're giving away your power because you're not looking for a way to change. Remember, between where you are and where you want to go, it is a gap of skill set. Life is meant to be lived joyously. It truly is. If you're doing and living a life that's not joyous and happy, something is wrong and you need to make a change, right? We're here on this planet for a finite amount of time. Make it a good one. When my guru was dying, one of the last things he ever said was, what an amazing life. I would not have traded it for anything in the world. And I said to myself, what beautiful words to hear from a dying man. I would love to be able to say in my last breath, look back on my life and go, what an amazing life it was. And that was just, I couldn't do it again, even if I tried, that was just fantastic. In order to do that, we really need to know what we want. But we begin by understanding our mind and learning how to manage our energy and wisely invest our energy. So if you're starting a new chapter because you're excited, and you're reinventing yourself, that's fabulous. Still take time to complete the last chapter that you were in. So you step into the new chapter with all of the wisdom and the gratitude and the learning and the growth that you gained. If you are starting a new chapter, as so many of us do, because we are running away from the old us, we're running away from a bad relationship, we're closing the door on something that wasn't working, you better make sure you take the time to Think through and journal about this last chapter, who you've been, the habits you no longer want to repeat, 
the mistakes that you made, what you've learned, what you're running from, and more importantly, what changes you're going to make and how this new chapter is going to support you in doing it and in becoming the person that you're meant to be. Without that intentional moment of reflection and without that intentional moment where you're going to list out the behaviors and thinking patterns and habits you're changing, you're just going to take all that crap you're running from right into this new chapter. So what you have to start doing is realizing that no matter where you're at in life, no one's coming back to help you. So it starts with that person in that mirror. You have to realize you are on your own now. And whatever else you believe in, I don't care what you believe in, but on earth, it's a very lonely journey. And it starts with the accountability mirror, looking and saying, hey, all these things are coming back. I have to face myself. And you have to own all those things that people may have done to you, now it's yours. You have to figure out ways to move forward because you're not coming back. determines your resources, we've said decisions shape destiny, which is my focus here. If decisions shape destiny, what determines it is three decisions. What are you going to focus on? Right now, you have to decide what you're going to focus on. In this second, consciously or unconsciously, the minute you decide to focus on something, you've got to give it a meaning. And whatever that meaning is produces emotion. Is this the end or the beginning? Or is this the roll of the dice? And emotion then creates what we're going to do, or the action. So think about your own life, the decisions that have shaped your destiny. And that sounds really heavy, but in the last five or 10 years, 15 years, haven't there been some decisions you've made that if you made a different decision, your life would be completely different? But if you really want to become extraordinary, you've got to separate your self-esteem from being wrong. You have to. Because otherwise, you're never going to see the opportunity to get better. And once that word yet is lingering out there, suddenly it becomes a question of time allocation. So you know you could get good at it, but it's going to take a lot of time and energy. So what are the skills you really want to get good at? And that goes back to that clarity. What do I need to get good at in order to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish? It does not need to be something that somebody else values. It needs to be the thing I have chosen to value that I've built into my life, this worship around getting good at that thing. And because I value myself for pursuing that, and I value myself for admitting when I'm wrong, and I value myself for staring nakedly at my inadequacies, every day, I'm getting better. It's important for lost young people, male and female alike, to develop a vision and take on some responsibility and understand that they have a vital role to play in the world, that the lack of their best hurts everything. There's so many times in life, you don't want to be doing what you're doing. You can't just quit. Remember this, it's in the hobby, it's in the joke, it's your lifestyle. So what you say to yourself is important. There's the coach, there's no trainer to keep you going, it's only you. The whole thing is this, don't say a word. 
Stay uncommon amongst uncommon people. You're never done. Don't stop when you're tired. Stop when you're done. Life's one big head game. You play with yourself. If you lose, it's because you allow life to get in head. When they look in the mirror, they're just trying to see what's on the surface. But winning and losing wants to know what's inside of you. It wants to know what makes you tick. It wants to know what your desires are. It wants to know what your ego is. It wants to know what your limitations are. It wants to know what your mindset is. It wants to know everything about you because winning does not lie. When you look in the mirror, you can lie and see what's on the surface. You cannot lie what's going on inside. And that's what people are not willing to see. The lies that are truly going on inside of them that are not allowing them to win over and over, sometimes even win once. You have to look, winning requires you to go so far deep inside yourself. It's way beyond the surface. It's way beyond internal. It's going to a place that a lot of people haven't visited in a long, long time because they're afraid to visit that person because when they visit that person, they don't know who that person is anymore. See, I think we're all hardwired to do something really special with our life. And everything goes on the inside, shows on the outside. See, we're, we're gifted with with faculties of the mind that the average person knows nothing about. You have intuition, the will, reason, imagination, perception, memory. That's what separates us from all the rest of the forms of life. Our imagination. Hill said it's the most marvelous, miraculous, inconceivably powerful force the world's ever known. I can use my imagination to project myself into the future and bring the future into the present and start living there. You work from the imagination, you don't work to it. You work from it. you don't know where you want to be in five years, you're already there. So if you're in a place now where you're feeling lost, scared, confused, paralyzed by indecision, frustrated, whatever the, the myriad of negative emotions are that people struggle with on a daily basis, if that's where you're at now and you don't have that clear vision on where you want to go, what the meaning and purpose of your life is going to be, then it's inevitably going to be exactly what you're living right now. Just imagine it, you, born free, you are able to walk, able to talk, able to see, my goodness, able to hear. Just look at you, how much you have, how much you will give somebody. I am a human being, nothing human can be alien to me. It's a liberating phrase. And so is the idea that you have 
the possibility and the probability of being a rainbow in somebody's cloud. It's not about the rain. It's what the rain represents. Life is always giving you a test. Trying to give you a way out. Trying to give you an excuse not to show up. But guess what? You gotta have the mentality to show up every day of your life. No matter what life throws at you. It's our responsibility to show up to the Coliseum of life. Prepare for battle. I don't care what you're going through, what life's throwing at you, it's your responsibility to find some new 100%. Take it upon yourself to do that. Winning is in all of us. We all want to win, but the path people take to get to winning Everybody wants the end result and they want to feel the sugar and the, 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 the confetti and all that other stuff. But what you have to endure to win, no one wants to talk about. And that's what really winning is about because you spend more time enduring it and being in a, a and not in a good place. No matter what you do in life, where you're at, this is what winning takes. And it's in all of us. It's in all of us. You find wins every single day. So on our little planet, we're actually, it's a core philosophy of mine. We're, we're brothers and sisters on a little planet. And when I look at most people on the planet, it's no judgment. I just, I see people who are, they're in scarcity versus generosity. I see so many people saying, you know, when I was a kid, I had all this creativity. I don't know where it happens. Psychology of can't versus mentality of possibility. I see people in pain. I see people playing victim. I mean, wouldn't you agree most people on the planet at some form or another, whether it's with their creativity or their prosperity or their personal lives, they're, they're stuck in victimhood. Write for 20 minutes about what your life could look like in three to five years if it was going the way that you wanted it to go. So it'd be good for you. Be good for you, good for your family, good for society. Like, it'd be good. You need a vision. Okay, and then the next step is, okay, now imagine that you let your weaknesses and character flaws get the upper hand and, like, drive you into the ground. What does that look like in five years? So that's like a horrific vision, right? And so that's a good thing because now you've got something to run away from. And so if you're anxious, having something bad to run away from is really motivating, right. you know? And so you can run towards the positive thing and run away from the negative thing. That, that increases your motivation. Right. And then in the next part, you're asked to make that into a detailed and articulated plan. And so that can help. Like you say, well, you're not sure what habits to change or, or, or what, what, what personality traits to transform. You gotta kind of think about that in relationship to what you want. And now they build their own field. And now there's energy to heal. Now there's energy to create a new life. Now there's energy for the mystical moment because they've overcome their old personality self. So I think, you know, it's not like thinking positively. That's yeah. not the message. It's, it's overcoming, 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 overcoming until we become somebody else. And when that occurs and the person starts thinking differently and they start acting differently, and they start feeling differently. They're a new personality, and 
they, they start seeing those synchronicities and serendipities. Now, crossing that river of change, the creative process now gets exciting because what thoughts do you want to fire and wire in your brain? What kind of attention and intention? When you can be trusted with the small things and the small moments, you get trusted with more and more and more. And so like, it helps to just in that moment, and it's in those painful moments that you realize how powerful you are. We all know that. Like you really recognize it. I'm not rushing through the pain because you can't rush the healing. But our challenge is we try and rush through the pain rather than reflect through the pain. Healing is meant to be slow because it buys you time. It buys you reflection. It gives you so much space to slow down. Pain makes you pay attention. As we go out in the world, we take on the beliefs and the emotional patterns of those who influence us. You know? And then what happens is we actually forget who we truly are. And as we connect with our mortality, we realize on the last hour of my last day, what do I want said about me? And have the discipline to architect your life so each day is a mountain climb towards that Mount Everest. The simple part that most people don't understand is that every thought we think and every word we speak is creating our future. It's as though our thoughts go out into the universe and are accepted and brought back to us as experience. If you're obsessed by memories of the past, and most of those are negative, so anxiety provoking most often, then there's a lot of you that's stuck in the past. And what that means is you didn't map the territory well enough, and the parts of your brain that are alarm systems, anxiety systems, are saying, no, no, there's holes in the way you're looking at the world. There's holes in the way that you're looking in the world. And you fell in them once, and you don't know where they are, and you don't know how to fill them, and you don't know how to walk around them, and so you can't forget them, and you can't forget them, you can't forget them, you can't forget them. You're stuck back there. Your body is still reacting as if there's an emergency that could happen again that you haven't fixed. You know, eyes open or eyes closed, you know, when you're passionate about something, you know, when people can't get up in the morning and they can't get out of bed, I'm gonna tell you why. Because they can predict the feeling of everything that's gonna happen in their life. And their body's resigned to the familiar. It says, oh, another mundane day. But remember when you were a kid and you were going on a field trip? What happened then? You were up and dressed and ready to go before your parents were up. You know why? Because you knew something unexpected was gonna happen. That's how we should live our lives. Waking up with the understanding that you expect the unexpected and something unusual should happen in our life as a result of our efforts. And it's just those beginning moments where it begins to happen that we begin to prove to ourselves how powerful we really are. So take time in the morning and the evening and the rest of the day, check in with yourself at certain times to see if you're still in that energy. And if you're not, excuse yourself for a second, raise your energy and step back into your life. And if you keep doing that over and over again, 
You'll become less frustrated, less impatient, less judgmental. It'll just become something of the past and you'll be someone else. But if you can really accept the fact that every time you think a thought and every time you speak a word, you are literally painting your future, uh, making your dinner, uh, whatever you want to call it. You are creating and you're creating your own life. And this is simple, but it's not easy to accept. something more than you love yourself. We rise to our maximum potential when we're of service to others. And not only our maximum potential, but our, our greatest usefulness. And living in that potential and usefulness gives us the most kind of rich human satisfaction. On the one hand, the meaning of life is propagation of your selfish genes. On the other hand, I would say you make your own meaning. Uh, and, we, and we all do that. And we, lead, again, lead a better life if we have, if we develop something important. Somebody else writes music or plays music. There are all sorts of ways you can give meaning to your life, your, your personal relationships, your your love for your spouse and your children, etc. These, these all give meaning to life. You have to work on yourself. You have to have an unstoppable attitude and no excuse is acceptable. And you've got to, to make it a, a, a priority, a non-negotiable in your life and hold a, a constant vision of what it is you want to achieve. See it accomplished and go all out, find a way to win. In spite of the setbacks, in spite of the disappointments, in spite of your failures, I, I tell people, you will fail your way to success. I have a saying is life knocks you down, try and land on your back, because if you can look up, you can get up. When people ask me, like, what's the one thing that led you to having the kind of success that you've had? I say that. I switched my identity, my sense of pride and self-esteem around to something that is truly anti-fragile. Because now if you tell me that I'm stupid, I will say, awesome, in what way? Because if you tell me in what way I'm wrong, if you tell me in what way I'm ignorant, then I can learn. Go back, the only belief that matters. You can learn anything you set your mind to. So someone telling you that you're stupid or undereducated or you don't know what you're talking about, fantastic. And that's where most people shut down. It's like, oh, that really hurts. You throw up the psychological immune system, you explain them away, they don't make as much money as I do. All things will probably be equally true. But where does that get you? It keeps you ignorant to a truth about you, by the way, that the rest of the world knows. In fact, here's something if you're really ready for some truth. All the things that you hope nobody notices about you, all the weaknesses in your game, your skill set, that you think are so wonderfully hidden, everyone knows all of them. Like, you're only protecting yourself from the truth. Everybody else is already thinking it. But becoming anti-fragile, it is the single most important thing you can do to supercharge your life and get where you want to go.
something that you have to always go back to that student mindset. You have to always go back to that emptiness. And I think one of the reasons why we struggle with that is we think that when we're full, we're safe. Our ego makes us believe that when you're full, when you think you know it all, that's when you're safe. Craziest thing is, that's when you're at your weakest. In everything I went through, if you learn how to flip that mother on top of his head, and say, hang on, hang on, there's so much power in this thing. And if you look at life as it is a trial ground, a testing ground for where you need to belong, where you need to go, suffering is a fact of life. If you look at suffering the right way, it's a great tool to callous your mind. It's hard to say what the soul means metaphysically because, you know, say beyond the, cons beyond the confines of a single human being, we do have this sense that the soul can expand itself into something that's greater than, well, greater than it has been. It has this capacity for growth. And we do have the sense that the soul can expand itself to the point where it, it's enlightened for that it's working as efficiently as possible to transform everything that's unnecessarily painful and malevolent about the world into what's positive and good. And that it does that as a consequence of confronting the world with courage and truth. And I, I think that's right. And I do think that that means that the soul participates in something eternal, which is the attempt of being itself to transform what's unnecessarily painful and malevolent into what's good. And I think that it's a mistake to underestimate the importance of that because I don't think that you can live life, a life of sufficient profundity to protect yourself from being corrupted by suffering and malevolence without adopting a responsibility that's commensurate with that set of ideas. I think that you either orient yourself upward, you know, to the star above the horizon and try desperately to improve the structure of being, or you work at counter purposes to it and make things worse. How people live their lives, as you know, is a result of the story they believe about themselves. He interrupted my story, and I left there with a heart full of faith, not a heart full of fear. Zig said, most people in a fearful situation, they forget everything and run. But there are a small number, the road to life is straight and narrow, a few there be that find it, who face everything and rise. Of people that aren't even yourself. 
you, you never figure out who you are. You, you never live up to your dreams, your ambition. You, you live up to what whoever is around you that you like so much that you want to emulate and be like so much, you live their dreams. You lose your power. The ultimate power is only in yourself. Makes me think of the lotus. The lotus is a flower that grows in swamps, and yet it's one of the most beautiful flowers in the world. So this first way to navigate hard times is to really gather perspective, to really ask yourself, you know, to go up to your mountaintop and then look, look across and really get a sense of the truth of what's going on. You know, your gratitude, what you're grateful for, how could this be worse? Uh, perspective also in, involves remembering the shortness of life. It's okay, you use whatever means you want to feel the sweetness of your emotion. But you must understand, it's the sweetness of your emotion. I'm asking you, what happens within you? Why is it determined by somebody else? What happens within you if it's determined by somebody else? This is the worst form of slavery. Not only love, your happiness, your joy, your peacefulness, your love, anything that happens within you, when your inner experience is determined by something or somebody, that is the worst form of slavery. Discovering your why is just the beginning. In order to enjoy all the benefits of having a clearly articulated why, you'll need to have the courage and discipline to use it. Like Thomas Edison said, vision without execution is hallucination. There is an ideal order of implementing your why, though sometimes reality does get in the way, and it all starts with you. Our natural tendency is to start with the tangible. We define our value by what we do. What we do in life is, we've all gone through suffering, we've all gone through hard times, and we've made it. But when you're in the midst of suffering, what our mind does is this. You think about the now and there's no strength in it. Most people never go after what they want because they don't know every step they have to take to get there. Now, the only rule for reaching a goal that you have to know is knowing where you're going and knowing that you're going to get there. You do not have to know how you're going to get there. Because I think few things are as powerful to wake you up, to remind you about what's most important, to fuel your energy, to get you into the game so you let go of your fears and you do what you need to do to get big things done than connecting to your own mortality. When you realize that every single day could be your last, or when you appreciate that no matter how long you live, life is a short ride, you just sort of let go of the fears and you let go of the limits and you live full on and you seize opportunities and you have real conversations with real people and you sort of wear your heart on your sleeve and you bring on the fullness of your authenticity and you do whatever it takes to get your loftiest dreams to get done. See, first of all, you must decide, is your life in pursuit of happiness or is it an expression of joy? No, love is not something that you do 
love is something that you can become, it's your quality. If your mind is in a certain way, it's joyful. If your emotions are in a certain way, it's loving. This is the quality of sweetness of body. If your body becomes sweet and pleasant, it's called health and pleasure. If your mind becomes very pleasant, it's called peacefulness and joyfulness. If your emotions become pleasant, it's called love and compassion. If your very life energy becomes pleasant, it is called blissfulness and ecstasy. You need an ideal because you have nothing to aim at, but an ideal is a judge, and you always fall short of the ideal. So how the hell can you have the benefits of having an ideal without having the crushing blow that goes along with having the judge that always regards you as insufficient? You need a goal, but we don't want to let your distance from the goal crush you. So you got to set up a goal, and then you got to make the goal, break the goal down into parts so that you can move towards it and you have a fairly high likelihood of doing it. Set a high aim, but differentiate it down so you know what the next step is, and then make the next step difficult enough so you have to push yourself past where you are, but, but also provide yourself with a reasonable probability of success. You only have to know two things. You have to know where you're going and you have to know that you're going to get there. You've got to see it in your mind. Now this is the beautiful scenario. This is what it's all about. Save that in your mind and think of it often. Think, every time you think of your goal and you're trying to figure out how you're going to do it, what's the next step? That's all you really have to know. One step at a time and you'll get to wherever you're going. We live on a tiny planet in a large galaxy with trillions of other planets. Are our problems really that big? That's perspective. Your body, your mind, your soul, they want to communicate with you, but they can't communicate with you if you're always rushing around and everywhere all over the place. So yeah. the, answers, the answers are not within me, the answers are within you, and they become more clearer as you become more silent, more still, and allow yourself to have that inner connection from your inner guide. This life is a complete life by itself. If this is a complete life, it's joyful, loving, wonderful by its own nature. Now, when it's feeling so wonderful, it may want to share this wonderfulness with people around. You can share this with thousands of people, but you also want a more intimate sharing to happen, for that you need one person. There's a bigger dream waiting for you, just waiting for you to step into it, to step into it. Your life is big, your life is huge, and we spend so much time wanting to be in somebody else's life. And I know it's possible for you. I recognize that in yours, Life doesn't give you anything that you aren't strong enough to overcome, strong enough to turn your pain into your purpose and become the one that can have a unique message that goes out to an audience that is uniquely yours.
who wants to hear your voice, wants to see the choice that you made to overcome the same types of behavior that they experienced. You can write a story about who you've been, and you can write a story about who you are now, but you can also write a story about how you, who you could be. Okay, okay, look, you can craft yourself to some degree. You have the capacity to write your destiny, not, not in, in its entirety, but at least as a sequence of aims. And having done that, you, you need also to justify it. Why is it good for your family? Why is it good for your community? You know, because if you want to be locked in on a goal in a manner that's sufficient to take you through the trials that will occur while you're pursuing this goal, especially if it's a high-order goal and it's difficult, then you need an explicit philosophy, a rationale for why this is worth pursuing. And you don't get honored you don't get revered, you don't get celebrating wanting what somebody else has because that which created you, divine intelligence that dreamed you from before your ancestors ever knew they would become your ancestors, that which dreamed the seed of you wants you to know how special, how wondrous, how mysterious, how complex, how glorious, how phenomenal you are. And you get no credit messing in somebody else's territory. And so today I hope I leave you with a direction correction away from the flaws you see in your reflection. They aren't flaws to me, they are simply protection against all the doubts you have of your perfection. So start today. Take a good long look in the mirror and say, I am who I've been looking for. We can't spend our life in continual outward pursuit of an external goal because in all likelihood we're pursuing something spiritual anyway without knowing it. We're looking for approval or connection or power or status or whatever it is. You can't get that. So you have to have something that's separate from it. We're so much conditioned to doing things the way the world does it. There are standards of what is success, there are standards of what is cool, there are standards of what's socially acceptable. But, but is your life cool? Have you chosen to live that way? Or is that noise and that influence making you live that way? And most often, if not always, it has a lot to do with that influence. I'm just saying we cannot drown in that noise and lose ourselves. It's our life. It's our life. They're not going to live it for us. The question is, what are you resisting? What are you pushing against? What are you not allowing? What are you blocking? 
because you have this idea of who and what you're supposed to be. Then you need an explicit philosophy, a rationale for why this is worth pursuing. It's like, well, here's what it'll do for me in, in, in the sense of the development of my character and my capacity to deal with the world. And here's how it'll strengthen my family. And here's how it will benefit the community. And then having formulated those arguments, you have that, you have that body of carefully articulated thought that enables you to chase away the doubts that will inevitably accrue as you're attempting to do something difficult. You have to negotiate with yourself and you have to justify what you're doing carefully and philosophically, deeply, so that you have the commitment and the strength of character that enables you to push through times that are difficult. All things are possible literally means all things are possible. So whatever, whatever it is you'd like to attract into your life, whatever you'd like to accomplish, whatever you'd like to do in your life, if you start from a spiritual place, a place of all things are possible, if I return you know, and get to that place, mm -hmm. and then I begin to visualize it, and I begin to use my imagination, because everything that we see around us, everything in this world, was once imagined, everything. Once had to be imagined. If you get that, I mean, Einstein's famous observation was that, you know, imagination is more important than knowledge. If you can learn how important your imagination is, and that's where your spirit is, in that place. Mm -hmm. And then once you go to that place, in, in what it is you'd like to attract into your life, you're coming from a spiritual place, absolutely nothing is impossible. Now, once you know where you are weak, you can begin to build yourself. And that is my thesis on life. You get to build yourself in any direction you want, in any way, to become anything you want. There will be an extraordinary price to pay, but you can go in any direction. This is the time to really question the intent behind what you're chasing to really question what you want and your intent behind it because so often our wrong intention for the right thing will lead you down the wrong path. And, and I think we don't realize that when we keep talking about alignment, you know, it's, it's not the achievement, it's alignment. Alignment means, is my intention aligned with my action? And when I'm saying aligned, I'm saying, is, am I looking for the right thing in the right way? Every time I've lost, people say, you gotta jump right back up. You know, get back right on your feet again. And I, I disagree with that. After you lose, or when you get knocked out, stay down there for a minute. Understand why you lost. What were the reasons? Why are you down here? Why did you lose? Why did you get knocked out? I stayed down for a second. Minutes, hours, days, weeks. But when I stood up, I was different. I was smarter. 
Then when I lost again, I stayed down. I stood back up, I was stronger. When I lost again, I stayed down. Lost again, stood up, I was more resilient. Now you start putting the pieces that are necessary to win over and over and over again. So if you lose and you jump right back up and you haven't really changed, I mean really, really changed from that loss, you're never gonna learn from it and you're never going to really truly know the unforgiving race to greatness. Time don't like nobody. Time hate all of us. Time is trying to stay away from us. You think I'm gonna waste the rest of the time that I got to be operating out here, crying and complaining? I could be using that time to change my life. I could be using that time to embrace the reality of life and the reality I've done to put myself. I paid for my ticket. I got on the train. It was many stops that came. I didn't get off at them stops. I went to the final destination of the book I was living in. Now it's time to just be out here on a journey through life, experiencing new things, new ideas, exposure. And that's what I realized. I wasn't, a lot of us don't expose ourselves to new things, new ideas. We're not open, open to different, open to change. And that's what helped me. I became open to all shit. So when you remove desperation, all this creeps into your life where you think you have to have the perfect plan and look the perfect way and have the perfect thoughts and be all zen and perfect. What you need is to be desperate. What you need is to get after it. Once you realize that you're playing a game of neurochemistry and when you suffer because you want something or you're trying to keep up with the Joneses or you have a negative story that you're telling yourself about your own self-worth because what your parents said to you, you're not worth the money or whatever the case, like whatever has happened to you, whatever wound you have, like people begin to, to get a sense of self that is about that wound. And so they're not feeling good and they, they're trying everything they can to escape that. And it's like, okay, what is the sort of original progenerator of this sense of suffering, desire, right? And so that Buddhist notion of desire gives birth to all of your suffering. Power is the ability to guide yourself in a, through a very dangerous world, very competitive world where every, we're almost all having to kind of, we don't get much help or cooperation from the world. in this world where there are no rule books telling us how to navigate it. It's very complicated and very difficult and you make mistakes that you can suffer for. And power is knowledge, is ideas, is understanding how to navigate a very dangerous world. Okay, so you want that. So you want that, right? The idea of wasting your potential, of never realizing your goals, of never being able to, to create that business you wanted to create or make that film that you think is in you or start the business that you're starting. That's what you want in life. And if you don't want that, there's nothing I can say that will help you. Believing in what, you know, God's given you is like playing truth or dare. The truth is I'm afraid, but I'm going to dare to believe anyway.
The truth is I'm not qualified, but I'm gonna dare to go after it anyway. Just because it's true doesn't mean it has to become the, the compass in which you navigate your life with. Sometimes faith is a dare. Sometimes building is a dare. Um, my heart is broken, but I'm gonna dare to love again. I'm grieving, but I'm gonna dare to get up and go to work. I'm gonna dare to continue to show up in my life with my broken pieces, with my leftovers, because I believe that if I continue to do that, that there is unexpected beauty for me to behold. Not, not for me to achieve, but for me to behold. There is a version of you that you have yet to behold. I, I like to say sometimes that you know, the journey to greatness begins the moment that our you know, deep desires for comfort and ease are overpowered by our desires to connect and contribute. Anything after the word I am is true to your unconscious mind, Michael. Anything. Anything after I am. Anything. Anything after I am. Even if you just, you know it's not true, your conscious mind will believe it. Anything after I am. And so the power of I am, the power of I am can pull you through the darkest moment, the power of I am. And you're gonna to have to have these mornings and these moments where you dare to keep your eyes open even when it's easier to go through them with them closed and afraid. So I'm gonna keep my eyes open and my heart open because there's another me that I wanna behold. The universe doesn't look in terms of good and bad, right, wrong, success, failure. It looks in terms of cause and effect. Every cause creates an effect and every effect has a cause. And if you participate in the cause, you participate in the effect. And I don't say will participate in it, you participate in it. They happen together. Your experience of the effect may take some time, it may take a few days, it may take a month, it may happen immediately. What is it that you should value? And people say, well, being happy. They don't even mean that, by the way. If you decompose what people mean when they say they want to be happy, what it turns out they actually mean is they don't want to be miserable. They're way more concerned with avoiding suffering than they are with pursuing, you know, enthusiastic, positive emotion. So even the, the statement, I want to be happy, is actually not an accurate reflection of what it is that you want. What happens with human beings is every thought has a frequency. Every thought produces a chemical. So if you keep obsessing about your lack, your lack of finances, your lack of time, your lack of energy, your lack, 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 you're taking thought, it's producing a frequency, and that frequency in the form of chemistry is storing that thought emotionally right in your second center. You feel guilty, you feel unhappy. The moment you feel unhappy, then you generate more thoughts equal to that feeling, which makes more chemicals, and you keep taking energy from the brain and storing it in the body. If you react to people in your life, 
and you feel anger, frustration, whether, whatever it is. Drawing from this field, this electromagnetic field, you're tapping that resource and you're making chemistry out of it and the field shrinks. So now, by doing that and living in survival, the body no longer is a magnet. Every ideal is a judge and that makes perfect sense because an ideal is something to which you aspire and the gap between you and that ideal, if it's your ideal, is felt as judgment. And so that's one of the reasons people are very afraid to have an ideal. That's why I wrote, do not hide things in the fog. It's like, well, you should lay out an ideal. You should pursue an ideal. Why wouldn't you? Well, when you make your ideal explicit, it turns into your judge. Well, then you can listen to that judge and, and move forward and transform. Discipline with desire is easy. Discipline isn't that hard if you have real desire. I mean, if you want something bad enough, the discipline's not too difficult. I think discipline without desire is very difficult. Do what is meaningful, not what is expedient. Because meaning is an instinct. Meaning is the instinct that guides you in life across the totality of life, right? What's expedient, that's what you might want to do right now in, in an impulsive sense, right? Because you're driven forward by oh, anger or anxiety or frustration or disappointment or despair. Some sort of one-eyed motivational monster that's got you in its grip that really isn't considering everything at once. And the instinct for meaning seems to be a consequence of the integration of all of those underlying motivations and emotions with social being and then the manifestation of something like the proper pathway forward. And so and you need that because you need to know how to move forward in life because you need to move forward in life. You need to act in life. Every day I want to train myself to be prepared for a war. Whatever that war is, whether that's external or internal, the discipline of doing something painful every day I think is one of the most important disciplines that any human being can have. Whatever that pain looks like for you, I believe we must lean into pain every day Otherwise, pain, pain is going to lean into us. But if we're leaning into it first, when, the, when stuff happens, it's like, yeah, I got this, because I do this every day. I'm not saying we should be in pain 80% of our day, but maybe an hour, 30 minutes, you should do something that or makes you want to stop, or makes you want to relax. Because then when stuff really happens, you'll be relaxed. All I can get certain about is putting my next step forward. And I think it's kind of like when you're walking, you've become so comfortable walking, you don't even realize, but actually all you're doing is putting your next step right. You can't think about what's gonna happen in a hundred steps time because you haven't walked over the ground yet. And you don't know how the ground's gonna change. So for me, the monk mindset is, how do I just place this next step? Not perfectly, but how do I put, place this next step with my best intention process and habits possible. And what does that require? That requires me to be connected internally to my internal guide. And what does that require? It requires me to find that stillness and space so that I can actually listen. There's the insistence upon action as of primary import. We're not fundamentally creatures who passively perceive the objective world. That, that, that's not the goal of our perceptual systems. It's not the goal of our memory. 
The, the reason that you have memories isn't to remember the past. The reason you have memories is so that if something bad happened to you in the past, you can figure out what it was that was bad, and you can figure out why it happened, and then you cannot do it again in the future, right? It's very practical, and it's the same on the positive end of the spectrum. If good things happen to you in the past, then conceivably duplicating whatever you did to get those good things to happen could have them happen again in the future. So it's, it's practical memory, and it's, it's oriented towards action, and it's oriented towards like the quality of your life.